How was your weekend thus far? Uh, glory. Well, we're going to get into some teaching today. I want to hold you too long, but I want to do the things that the Father wants done. I told you in Church 101, the reason why we come to church is first to be conformed to the image of Christ. He predestined that. I'm not just making it up. <laughs> it's in the book. He predestined that you conform to the image of his son. That's the word that he's watching over. We come here to be conformed to the image of Christ. One, two, we come here to increase our spiritual intelligence because once we get saved, once we are born again, it's not about living from this world. It's about living from that world, from his world. And then the last one is, number three is, eventually, as we grow up, he wants us to co-labor with him. So as you learn, he wants you to share it. He wants you to pull people into the fold. We all have the ministry of reconciliation. You don't need the mic for that. We all have the ministry of reconciliation. And that is, tell somebody, God is your father. He loves you. He wants you to come into the family because in the family, this is where all your blessings is. This is where all your favor is. Ola just moved into a big, beautiful house. How you liking that house? <laughs> I'm saying, God take care of his children. If, he, if, he, if he's not taking care of you, then it's either you don't know him as a father or you're illegitimate, which means you refuse to allow him to raise you. And... You can't rebel against the father and he still give you the blessings. You just can't do it. So last week, <clears throat> we started a series on humility. What was the title of last week's message? Humility belongs to the father. It does not belong to man. You don't humble yourself to the pastor. You humble yourself to the father. Because the pastor has to humble himself to the father. And then we walk in humility with one another. Because humility is the emptying out of yourself so that God can fill you with him. With his DNA. With his power. With his authority. So on today, we're going to continue along the same lines. The title of this teaching is humility, the empty life. Humility, the empty life. And our first scripture is going to come from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. And it reads, And seeing the multitudes... He went up on the mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus, seeing the multitudes, he seen the crowd. The Bible says when he seen the crowd, he went up into the mountains. Now, mountains always represent spiritual realm. He went to another level. 
Anytime you have a dream about a mountain and you're going up the mountain, he's trying to take you up in the spirit realm. Anytime you have a dream about an elevator and the elevator is going up, he's trying to elevate you in the spirit. A lot of this stuff is figurative. He's doing a literal thing, but figuratively it means something totally different. So he went up on the mountain and when he was seated, the Bible says his disciples came to him. So he left the multitude, went up to another level, and his disciples followed him. It says when he was seated, when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Why did they come to him? Because they were disciples. They wanted to learn. They wanted to know. And it says, then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, now, Matthew chapter 5 has a bunch of scriptures that talk about blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Now, this passage of scripture is called the be attitudes or the attitudes to be. So he's giving you an understanding that if you have this attitude, this mind, because the Bible says, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be also in you. So he's teaching them to be attitudes or the mind that they should have in order to obtain the kingdom, in order to obtain blessings here on earth. And so it says, then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now. To be blessed is to have divine favor and fortune. To be blessed is to have divine favor and fortune. It means that the kingdom of heaven is on your side. It means that the kingdom of heaven is there to provide for you. But they are only available to those who are poor in spirit. Now, to be poor... is to be destitute. Destitute means without the basic necessities of life. It is to lack a normal or adequate supply of something specific. Read that definition again. To be poor is to be destitute. It is destitute means that you are without the basic necessities of life. It is to lack a normal or adequate supply of something specific. So you can be poor when it comes to money because it says it is to lack a normal or adequate supply of something specific. The specific thing could be money. It could be material things. It could be common sense. But here in this passage of scripture, he, the, the poor, the poorness is given over to the spirit realm. Now to be poor in spirit is to lack spiritual culture and resources. Now, culture is to cultivate what cultivates the soul. Culture deals with what cultivates the soul. You grew up in a specific place in life. You grew up in a specific area of life. You grew up in a specific environment that cultivated 
your soul. It cultivated the way that you thought. Your family gives off a culture. Your environment, your ethnic background, it gives off a culture. It cultivates your mind to think a certain way. It cultivates you to feel a certain way. It cultivates you to act and respond to things a certain way. So to be poor in spirit is to lack spiritual culture and resources. Resources are simply just supplies. Whether it's monetary, whether it's material. So, when you are poor in spirit, you need. When you are poor in the area of money, that means you what? Need money. When you are poor in the area of material things, it means what? You need material things. When you are poor in spirit, it means that you are conscious to your spiritual needs. It means that you know that you lack in the spirit, in the area of spiritual things. It means that you know that you lack spiritual intellect, meaning that you don't understand the Father's kingdom fully. You don't understand why he does the things that he does. You don't understand why he put the sun in a certain place. What is holding the sun up? What is holding the, holding the earth down? Man told us gravity. <laughs> they said it was gravity that's doing it. It's not gravity, it's God. You don't understand how that works. We can take man's explanation for it, but we know that's finite, that's small. You don't understand how that works. He does, though. You don't understand how, how, how salvation works. He does. You don't even understand how is the fact that you see through your eyes. And they're connected to nothing. How is your heart beating? What is it connected to? How is your blood pumping from your heart all through your body? How is your digestive system working? You don't understand that stuff. And that's natural. So if you don't understand how this thing is happening natural, what do you understand spiritual? You don't understand how you can hear in your... What are your ears connected to that you can hear and you can breathe with lungs? You don't understand that. So when you, under, when you come to grips that I don't understand spiritual things, I don't understand how the kingdom of God works, I don't understand how my father's world works, you begin to understand I lack spiritual intelligence. You don't understand spiritual virtue which is moral excellence. What's moral in your family and what's moral in the kingdom is totally different. What's moral in stock, morals in Stockbridge are totally different than the morals in the kingdom. What your friends and your family consider right and wrong is totally different than what God said is right and wrong. What you can say, think, act, and do, and this world say it's okay, is totally different in his world. 
But you have to come to grips or we have to come to grips that we don't know. This is the empty life. When you think you know, you're full of you. And the thing about the father is he won't interrupt you until you let him. He's not going to interrupt your life and make you listen to him. So when you are poor in spirit, you understand, I don't know. You know that you lack spiritual intellect. You know that you lack spiritual virtue. And you know that you lack eternal riches, which belong to his kingdom. Eternal riches. Eternal riches. You have temporary riches, and then you have eternal riches. I've never seen someone die and take their bank account with them. <laughs> I've never seen someone die and take the house with them. That hole only big enough for a casket. You're going to leave it here, and they're going to fight over it. You're going to leave it here, and they're going to they gonna sell it and splurge. And everything that you work for here doesn't even matter anymore. It was, it's irrelevant now. But eternal riches, eternal riches fall into two categories. It falls in what you are enriched with. Enriched means what is added to you. And then it is the abundance of possessions, external possessions. So the Father wants you to have possessions. He's a king. He don't want his kids looking busted and disgusted and say, them my children right there. No, he wants you to drive the finest. He wants you to live in the finest. He wants you to wear the finest. But he doesn't want to put that before the enrichment part or the part where he adds himself to you. Now, enriched means to add to. Now, these are some things that he enriched us with. The riches of his grace. Now, the riches of his grace is his kindness, his tolerance, and his patience towards us. He enriches us with the riches of his glory. His presence. His power. His dignity. The Bible says you are royalty. You are a royal priesthood. He enriched you with that. And that ain't how the world sees you. That's how heaven sees you. You got to get out of this thing of how people see you. It only matters how the Father sees you. He enriches you with the, with the riches of his wisdom. With the riches of his knowledge. These are the riches of Christ that make you wealthy in the relationship first. When you're wealthy in the relationship first, everything else can be added to you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. He wants to enrich the relationship first. He wants to give you the riches of him first. Then he will give you the abundance of external possessions. Because you're no good if you get the money without the relationship.
The blessings of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. But the blessings of the Lord only come when you trust in the Lord with all your heart. You don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, you acknowledge him, and then he directs your path. If he, ain't, if he can't direct your path, he can't give you his riches. The riches belong to you. The wealth belongs to you, external, the external possessions. But first things first. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Meaning I empty myself out so he can fill me. Once he fills me with him, then he can fill me with everything else. When you realize that you are poor spiritually and that you lack understanding of his kingdom, of his realm, then and only then does the kingdom belong to you. It belongs to you. Now, one translation says the kingdom belongs to you. Another translation, Jesus says, for theirs is the kingdom. Now, that word theirs, the Greek word is the word auto. Like in self, like in autonomy, which is self-government, which is independent of people ruling you. You rule yourself. It is the same word used for automatic. When something is, is on automatic, it operates with minimal or no human intervention. Some is automatic when, a, when you can push the button and it does everything itself. You know, we young. Mama, you probably could tell us before washing machines. <laughs> you feel me? The washing boards. <laughs> now you just put it in the washing machine. You push a button and it automatically does it for you. Like an automobile. Mobile means to move. Auto means self. It moves by itself. Prior to automobiles, they were pedaling. <laughs> Meaning the human was the mechanism. The human was the engine. In a car is a transmission. And the transmission is either what? Manual or automatic. If it's automatic, you can just put it in drive and go. If it's manual, you got to work the clutch, the gas, the brake, steer while you work the stick shift, while you watch the road. Then you got to keep the clutch and the gas balanced, a perfect balance, or it cuts off. That's too much to drive. So he's saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. When you're poor in spirit, the you can just put the kingdom in drive and go. When you're not poor in spirit, you got to work the clutch, the gas, the brake, the steering wheel, the stick shift while you watch the road. You got to do it yourself. 
But the moment Jesus said that you empty yourself out, the kingdom belongs to you. It works for you automatically. It's the empty life. Humility is the emptying of yourself so the father can be all in all. So Jesus is saying that when you realize that you are poor in spirit, when you realize that you lack spiritual intelligence, that you lack a deep understanding of the kingdom of God, the father imparts and positions your spiritual education because the kingdom belongs to you. But the stipulation is this. The caveat is this. You must be poor in spirit. You must be poor in spirit, meaning you understand two things. I don't know what I'm doing unless you teach me. And after he bless you with it, you have to realize, I don't even know how to steward this. He bless you with a marriage. You don't know what you're doing. You got to admit that. I don't know what it takes to be. I'm a, I ain't going to even lie to y'all, okay? Y'all might not show up no more after this. I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to teach. I don't even know how to study. I don't know how to be no father, no husband, a pastor too. I don't know how to run no church. If he don't give it to me, if he don't impart it, I'm going to be up here singing A, B, C, D, E, F, G. <laughs> I don't know. When you realize that you don't know, he can add to you. Why? Because when you say you don't know, that means what? I'm empty. <laughs> when you say I don't know how to, that means what? I'm empty. When you do that, he says, my realm belongs to you. Now, as a father, he know you don't know. I, I got kids. I know what they know and what they don't know. I know what they can do and what they can't do. I told you, I got one just like me. She thinks she know, and I know she don't know. And every time I see her, and she challenges with me, in which I don't have a problem with that, because you don't want children that don't think. God has no problem with you having a thought process, but at the end of the day, you need to have an open ear to what he has to say. You need to learn how to ask a question. And every time I, she challenges me and I correct her, it shows me how God sees me. Oh, so you think you know. Go ahead, try it. <laughs> Fail, and I'm right back at him. Okay, I don't know. So he knows that you don't know. Watch this. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. He knew that you didn't know. Look what he did. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. So he knew you couldn't do it. That's why he sent his son. But it says that for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we're not talking about grace, but the first level of grace is for you to understand that Christ left a blessed position. He left his riches. He left his kingdom. He left his status. He left the blessed position of being in place with his father to come down here to give you his life. He was already rich. Which means he didn't need nothing. The scripture says that although he, that he was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor. So he was rich. He had everything that he needed. And he became poor, meaning that all of a sudden now he lacked resources. He lacked understanding. He emptied himself out to fill you with him. He became poor so that through his poverty, you could become rich. So he emptied himself out so that you could be filled. We talked last week about Jesus as the example of humility. Not only is he the example, he's the only example. He said, learn of me because I am meek. Learn of me because I am lowly of heart. And I will give you rest for your soul. As our example of humility, he humbled himself to the plan of the Father so that we can have the eternal riches. His only consolation for losing his riches was for the Father's plan and so that you would gain his life. I can close there. Y'all good. <laughs> The only consolation. He got nothing out of this but to be obedient to his father and for you to inherit his life. That's it. It would be like this. The 50 richest people in America. Okay. Let's take the 50 richest people in America. This is the analogy. You have the 50 richest people in America. And what they would do is this. They would take all of their finances and they say, and they'll say, we're going to divide these finances with everybody in the country only for the purpose of bringing financial equality. They get nothing out of that but to see you come to their level. They become poor in regards to what they had. So they had $50 billion dollars. Now they got a hundred million so that you can have a hundred million with them. This is what this looks like. Amen. 
Jesus became poor in spirit or he emptied himself out to give us his riches. Watch this. In order or so that we could receive those riches, we have to empty ourselves. So him being rich, having everything he need, became poor so that you might. It didn't say that so that you will. You might. Which means there's a caveat there. There's a stipulation there. And the stipulation is only way that you can be full of his life, full of his riches, full of his glory is that you have to do what? Empty yourself. Then after you empty yourself to receive his riches, you have to take on his mind and give so somebody else can receive. <laughs> Glory. Colossians 3 and 1 says this. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, because you have, keep seeking things above. Why? Because, come on, we seek the kingdom. Where Christ is, is seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above and not things on this earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ, with Christ in God. So the life that is hidden with Christ can only be found when we empty ourselves. The life in Christ is a holy life. It's a life of humility. You're only as holy as you are humble. Let me say it again. You're only holy as holy. Your measure of holiness will always be based on your level of humility. It is how much you have emptied yourself so the Father can fill you. Humility, holiness has nothing to do with your clothes. It has nothing to do with your dance. You can't catch the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry. You have to empty yourself so the Holy Spirit can fill you. You don't catch the Holy... You don't catch the Holy Spirit. Ah! You don't catch the Holy Spirit. It ain't in the Bible. That's, a, that's as one pastor used to say, that's flesh on parade. You don't catch the Holy Spirit. You have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as you're being filled with the Holy Spirit, one day you'll be full of the Holy Spirit. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, that means the Holy Spirit has control of your mind, your will, and your emotions. When you're full. Right now, you're filled and the Holy Spirit is just simply influencing you. To listen. The Holy Spirit is there to do what? Comfort. 
teach, lead, guide, instruct. You want to be led by the spirit. You want to catch it like you're an outfielder. So the life that is hid, hidden with Christ can only be found when we empty ourselves. So the thing is this, we still have the decision to make. Do you want to be filled? Do you want the life that is hidden? It's hidden from you. It's hidden, meaning it's concealed from you. When you lose you, you find it. It's hidden from the way you think. When you decide, I don't know, then you find it. It's hidden from the way you feel. When you lose the way you feel, you find it. It's hidden with Christ. So we have a decision to make, just as Adam and Eve did. This is the decision. Which tree are you going to eat from? You're going to eat from the tree of life, or you're going to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Because the knowledge of good and evil works just like it say. Sometimes your knowledge is good. Most of the time, it's evil. Now, it's not evil in the sense of demonic evil, but it is laced in the, rooted in demonic. Because when he ate from the tree, they gave their souls over to Satan. But it's evil because it's not holy. The definition of holy is this. Don't forget it. Matter of fact, tweet it. Facebook. Put it on Facebook. The definition of holy is this. It means that you cannot be inhabited by evil, nor can you be influenced. The more you empty yourself out of you and you will decide, I want the mind of Christ. I want the heart of Christ. I want to be led by the spirit. Your antennas for evil go up and you begin to recognize it. Jesus told Nicodemus, unless you are born again, you can't see the kingdom. So when you get born again, that means now you have the capacity to see the kingdom. You have the capacity to see his world. It's, 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 it's spiritual. It's a miracle. I told you the way you know that you are saved is because you hate the old you. If you still love the old you, Christ don't live there. It's a miracle. One day, you just didn't mind cussing somebody off. You didn't mind telling somebody off. You didn't care what you did with your body. You didn't care what you did with your money. You didn't care what you thought. You didn't even care where you went. Then one day you gave your life to Christ and all of a sudden you go to certain places and it just don't feel right. Just don't feel right all of a sudden. So all of a sudden now people come in your presence. It just don't feel right no more. People call you and you talk and you just don't feel right no more. There's been an exchange there. There's been a change in your nature.
So you have to decide, what tree am I going to eat for at all times? Everywhere you go, every second of the day, you're making a decision. Am I going to eat from the tree of life or am I going to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? That's all the world has. It's, not, it's good and evil knowledge. It's good, but it ain't God. It's good, but it won't take you to greatness. And what ain't good is evil. That's why I told you, you have to do a soul cleanse sometimes. You have to do a soul cleanse. You have to make sure at all times you are, in, you are emptying yourself out so the Father can fill you. Like I told you, you don't want to be full of me. That's why I told you, no, it ain't about you humbling yourself. Be subject because you came here to learn. Because you came here to be conformed to the image of Christ. Because you came here to increase your spiritual intelligence. Because you came here because eventually you want to co-labor with the Father. Be subject because of that. Submit because of that. The moment you feel like, I can't do that for you no more, you're welcome to leave. <laughs> I can't hold you back no more than a school can, can make you come to class. This, is here, this, is, this was established for you. But you don't want to empty yourself out to fill yourself with me. You don't want to do that because I'm working on me. I'm trying to get me out of me. <laughs> Philippians. Let's talk about the leader. Let's talk about the, the star of the show. Therefore, if there, are, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind. Unity. Maintaining the same love. Come on. The empty life. United in spirit, intent on one purpose. This is the empty life. Verse 3, do nothing. What does nothing mean in the Greek? Nothing. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. Empty conceit is pride. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. Why is he telling you that? Because when you do it from selfishness and empty conceit, the kingdom can't belong to you. The kingdom ignores you. And this is the reason why. It is the equivalent of my son's 14, okay? You know, when 16 come, what happened? When 16 comes, what happens? What we look forward to when 16 comes? Driving. Okay? So it is, it is like this. Let's say 15 years old, he decided all of a sudden now he's going to start drinking. When 16 comes, he can't have the keys to my car. It is your behavior that releases the blessings. It's your behavior. He's just sitting back as a father watching. Okay, you don't want it. 
Okay, you don't want that either. Okay, you don't want that. Blessed are the meek, for they inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. If you hunger and thirst after unrighteousness, you won't be filled. If you're not meek, you won't inherit the earth. If you're not poor in spirit, the kingdom don't belong to you. Verse 3, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as important, as more important. Regard one another, one another, not the pastor. <laughs> regard one another, not the bishop. Not the apostles. Regard one another as siblings in the spirit. Regard one another as more important than yourself. I told you the leading cause of depression in America is selfishness. You thinking about yourself too much. <laughs> you thinking about your situation too much. You locked in on what you're not getting. You're not even looking at what you have. If you left your situation and went downtown Atlanta and seen people sleeping outside, you will forget about the fact that you ain't got no rims on your car. You ain't got a, a, a good sound system. You don't have the new Jordans. You can't eat steak and lobster. You eating. The number one cause of depression is selfishness. If anybody in here gets depressed, this is the remedy. Go do something for somebody else. That's it. That's the remedy for depression. Verse 4, do not merely look out for your own personal interests. Empty. Empty. But also for the interests of others. Love your neighbors. Verse 5, have this attitude in yourselves. Now, attitude is soul behavior. It's your thought life, your focus. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, this is Paul speaking, but Paul wasn't there when Jesus said, learn of me. He was not yet an apostle. There was no New Testament. He wrote three-fourths of it. He was not with Jesus to see the humility. He came on the scene after the fact murdering Christians. And theologically speaking, the first book of the New Testament that was written and published was Thessalonians. So he didn't read Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He was literally being led by the Spirit.
He's giving you an understanding of what is leading him. He says, follow me as I follow Christ, but he didn't walk with Christ. He got his revelation. He got a revelation of Christ. He, was, he said that he was called up to heaven. He said, whether in his body or out of his body, he said, I don't know. I just know I had an encounter with Jesus. He told me I was apostle and I'm supposed to bring this word to the, to the Gentiles. Because I told you the thing that is special about Paul's ministry is this. He was preaching to the Gentiles who did not know God. So he had to explain it thoroughly to get them to understand what he expected of them. It wasn't like the Jews. The Jews knew God. That was half of their problem. They knew God, but they didn't know him as a father. That was half of their issue. They knew Moses, the word, that he parted the Red Sea for Moses. And the only reason the people went through the Red Sea was because of Moses. He was with Moses. He said, with Moses, I speak face to face. I talk to Moses directly. I ain't talking to the children of Israel. I'm talking to the children of Israel through Moses. They knew about that. The Pharisees knew about that. That's why they could control them. Anytime somebody is teaching you as if they are Moses and you the children of Israel, that's a Pharisee. Because they're trying to tell you that God is with them, but he's not with you. And the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is in the Old Testament, they were not God's children. They did not have Christ. Because they did not have Christ in them, they could not have the mind of Christ. Your mind can only align with your nature. Nobody in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John had the mind of Christ but Jesus. They were all spiritually dead until the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost started the New Testament, started the New Covenant. So this stuff that Paul is speaking right now, it wasn't as if he was Peter. Matter of fact, matter of fact, he had to check Peter because Peter was with Jesus and he was still prejudiced. Verse 6, who, talking about Jesus, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. So although Jesus knew I'm God's son, the scriptures say, if I can say it in hood terms, he wasn't bougie. He knew he was God's child. He knew he had a DNA in him, but the Bible says that it wasn't a thing that he grasped. He didn't, he didn't use it and say, I'm good. I know who my father is. That wasn't his thought process. He wasn't bougie with knowing his identity. But watch this. It says, verse 7 says what? But he did what? He did what? Yell it. He emptied, who, who emptied him? He emptied himself. You don't need me to empty you. You need me to inform you that you need to empty yourself. It's not my job to empty you. It's not my job to make you humble. 
the stuff they used to do to, to, to humble you, which was, they weren't humbling you, they were humiliating you. <laughs> it's a difference. It's not your job. You, you humiliate people when you try to humble them. It ain't, it's not your job to humble people. It's their job to empty themselves. It's not your job to empty, your, to empty them. I'm going to take away your preacher license and make you sit on the front row. I'm going to call you out in front of everybody and tell them what you're doing wrong. That's not humbling them. That's humiliating them. God never gave a person permission to do that. Humble yourself. The scripture says, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a bond servant. A bond servant is this, someone who gives up their will for another. He became rich. He was rich and became poor that through his poverty, you might become rich. He was a bond servant. That is our servitude. That's our servitude. That's how you become a servant in this. You give up your will for others. And being made in the likeness of man, being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So he humbled himself two times. As the son of God, the spirit, he left his throne to come to earth, first humbling. The second humbling, hold on, let me finish that. He left his throne in earth, in heaven, to come to earth for the purpose of his father's plan, which was what? I don't want my kids. I'm looking at the world. They're full of sinners. They're full of darkness. I want them to be my kids. I need you to go on down there. I need you to leave this cushion this cushy life, I need you to leave this, go down there, take on the body, die for them so they can have your life. That's why the Bible says that you're seated in heavenly places with him. He did that work already. That's why you're righteous when you accept it because there's nothing, you couldn't do that. You know why you couldn't do that? Because it had never been on your mind. It would have never been on your mind that there's a position in heaven for you. So he humbled himself, left heaven, took on a body. That's one humility. The second humility was him humbling himself with man. And then it said that humility took him all the way to the cross. It took him all the way to the cross. He became obedient. Becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So why did he die? Say for me. He died for you. He died for me. He died for me, Chad, so I can be rich. So he died for me so I can have the blessings. So I can be healed. So I can be delivered. So I can be redeemed. Meaning I no longer have to be a slave to sin. I can change. He died for you. 
He died because it was the father's plan to get you in the wheel, to bring you in the fold so you can be his child, so he can raise you up to give you this awesome destiny. But you can only get it if you what? Empty yourself. Verse 9. For this reason also. So we have here the results of him humbling himself. Verse 9. God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name. The word bestowed means he honored him with. So because he emptied himself, the Bible says the father exalted him. Then he honored him or he bestowed on him the name that is above every name. That's why he said at the end of, I think it's Mark or Matthew, all power has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Why did he get all power? He humbled himself to the point of death. He emptied himself out to the point where, where the father said, look, you humbled yourself so much, I'm going to exalt your name. Now, his name was already great. He was already the son of God. But when he humbled himself, he gave him a name which is above every name, meaning he made him the head of all things. He made him the head of the body, the head of the church. He gave him a bride. That's the qualifications of a husband. <laughs> Empty yourself out for your family. It's the qualifications. Jesus said love your wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. It's the qualifications. Verse 10, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. In heaven, on earth, and in hell. You're in Christ. This belongs to you when you empty yourself out. This belongs to you. In him. When you empty yourself. Not outside of him. Verse 11. And that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. All of us for what? The Father's sake. This is the Father's plan. This is not your plan. Like I told you, you couldn't even fathom this plan. Your mind couldn't even conceive it. The Bible says, I haven't seen, ear hasn't heard, neither has it entered in the heart. The thing that he has prepared for those who love him. You can't even fathom right now in your mind the stuff that he has for your life. You can't even comprehend it. You're looking for a job. He want to give you a business. You can't comprehend that. You're looking for an apartment. He want to give you a house. You can't comprehend that. You just want a place to live. He wants you to live luxurious. You just want a car. You just want a, a point A to point B. He wants you to drive the finest things. 
But first, he want to fill you with his riches, his glory, his grace. He wants you to be, he wants you to empty you out so you can fill your life with that relationship. Once you're filled with that relationship, he's here, take it. It's yours. It belongs to you. Verse 12, so then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. He said, empty yourself out. Don't do it when you just come to church. Don't do it when you're around the apostle. Don't do it when you're around the pastor. Don't just do it when you're around the bishop. He says, let me read that again. Just as, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only. Now, much more in my absence. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Salvation is the pit, is, is, salvation is you receiving, being rescued from the penalties of sin and death. But it also means that you have a right to the kingdom of God, to the kingdom of heaven and everything in it. You have a right to riches. You have a right to wealth. You have a right to good relationships. You have a right to be loved. You have a right to these things. These things belong to you. That's what salvation is. He says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Empty yourself out like you scared you might not receive this. Like you show up for work like you scared you might not get, like you scared you might get fired. Like you show up to court. <laughs> like you scared they might put a warrant on you. Like if somebody told you it's a million dollars in your, I left a million dollars in your back seat. You gonna, you gonna stand there and talk or you gonna go get it? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling like you left the house and left the stove on. Fear and trembling. Empty yourself because you know he has something for you. Work out your salvation daily. Meaning, become poor in spirit. Empty yourself to obtain the kingdom, to obtain the riches of your destiny. Watch this. Your destiny is your kingdom. Kingdom means, king means rule, domain means territory. The only, to, only territory you can dominate is your mind. The only territory you can dominate is your soul. The only territory you can dominate is your heart. That's your kingdom. When that kingdom aligns with his kingdom, what happens? Hmm, riches. All things are added to you. My last scripture, John 14 and 30. This is Jesus speaking. He was talking to the disciples. He's like, I got to go. He says, I would not speak much more with you, talking to his disciples, for the ruler of the world is coming. Satan is coming. And he has nothing in me, meaning there ain't nothing that's like him in me. None of his ways are in me. 
He has nothing in me. I'm empty. The only thing can live here is the Father. That's why he kept saying, I only do. I only hear. The son can do nothing except he was painting a picture. This is what it means to be holy. The devil has nothing in you. He has nothing in you. He can't show up in your conversation. He can't show up in your speech. He can't sit and take a residence in your mind. He can't do it. When he, the Bible says when he comes to a place where he knows he can't do that, he gets in fear. <laughs> he gets in fear. Him and his whole clan. Man, put your mind at ease. Empty yourself of them crazy thoughts. That's all he can do is make you think. You got to agree with it. The power is in your hands. Why? Because you, you in Christ. There is no room in you for pride. There can be no room in you for lust. There can be no room in you for envy, for strife, for malice, deceit. Remove it. Get rid of it. That's why when Paul came to the, to the Corinthians church, he said, I wanted to teach you meat. He said, but instead I had to give you milk because y'all are still infants. That's the sign of an infant in the, in, in the Christian world. Is He said, this is how you, I know. Y'all full of jealousy. Y'all full of envy. Y'all full of strife. Y'all full of malice. Y'all full of deceit. Now, the thing is this, you're in Christ. This is things you grow from. These are things you grow out of. If you got a little jealousy in you, it's okay. Grow out of it. Challenge yourself. You got a little malice, a little deceit, a little lust. When God found you, you were a sinner. <laughs> he didn't find holy people and say, stay holy. No, the only one that... There's only two people who ever touched the planet in that condition, Adam and Jesus. Adam was holy and decided to become unholy. That's why we're in a situation now where we're unholy trying to get holy. Jesus came here holy and stayed holy. Jesus said, I will not speak much more to you. I'm gone. I, I got to leave. The ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. I'm empty. There's no room for him in me. Live the empty life. Humility is the empty life. You find it bubbling up, empty it out. It's going to happen. It's a growing process. It is not an overnight thing. You can't put this life in the microwave and come out holy. You're not going to be able to do it. It's okay to make mistakes.